Thank you, everyone. So let me put the context here. This is very important. I consider as one of this class as one of the most important class that can give you a final push. And the purpose of this class is to align the entire PMP of what we have learned. Some of you are from batch nine. I see a one candidate of batch 10 here and we are starting batch 10 on Friday. So the in every session, we already have three to four sessions of this kind. I started, I think with the batch six in doing the entire summary of PMP. So the purpose of every of these sessions is to have a different taste. I don't want to put a repeat telecast. If you want to have a repeat telecast, doing the same thing again and again, it gets me bored. It does not give me any enjoyment. And furthermore, I would never know, am I doing good or bad? So every time I try a different approach, last time the feedback was very good. Even one of my students, especially certified PMP sets, that last one was the best. So I don't know. This one will be better than the last, but the goal is to try different things, see from the entire different page. Last time we classed PPTs of journeys and we went through there. Now, before starting it, uh, Abdul Wahab asked a question. I already answered this in three different videos, but repetition, repetition is the mother of success. So I'm going to answer it now. With the Pimbook seventh here, nothing changes. Zero. Pimbook has nothing to do with that PMP exam. Let me put it again. PIMBOOK has nothing to do with the PMP exam. PMP exam is based on exam content outline. The thing is that why people get confused is in past, before COVID, PIMP, first the book comes, then the exam content outline actually changes. But this is a special case since the book was unable to get released due to COVID. The exam content outline got changed on 2nd of January. The book is actually aligned with the exam content outline. If you go through the entire book, it is actually aligned with the exam content outline. Now I have read the entire book. The book is basically a combination of three things and I will be making my video and I will be sharing few things with you guys from day to day basis. Like what are the things you need to read? Some of the things are very good in the book. And I would say that this is one of the best book uh, of PEMBOOK. There are no 49 processes and from people who have given the exam, they can testify you. The exam is not asking since January, 15th of January, what is the process, which process you are. The exam is not asking tools and technique and all those things. So two sections particularly took my attention here. One of the section was in PEMBOOK 7, the tools and technique. You, all of you know that I have made a special document of tools and technique. Now actually, uh, PEMBOOK has made a section of themselves. So all tools and technique at one under at one umbrella. So people who are giving exam very soon, like I hope Akil, I hope Ashish, Farhan, Junaid, Sandeep, Snigdaha, and people who are very ready, Deepak, Saira, Zaina, uh, and Hassan, Hassan Muhammad, all these people who are very ready. So I will give I will tell you exact pages to read for Pembook Seven because there are tools and technique. There, if you don't want to read, you don't have to read, but it's a good revision to read that. Okay, all the tools and technique are under one umbrella and you can go through that. This is the answer to Abdul Wahab question. Like, do we have to read PIM book? No, you don't have to read. If you want to read, it's a good book. So let's start with uh, today's topic and the most important thing for today. Okay, so 
so guys uh, if you have any kind of question that you want to ask you can put it in the comment box don't ask i will answer the question uh, myself once i get uh, through all the topics then i will answer the question secondly as i have seen in some of the groups people are sharing pim books 7th edition uh, please don't do anything like that it is against code of ethics of pmi no one can share pim book if you are a pmi member and i ask all of you to become pmi member i have already asked so become pmi member and you can download it for free okay so that will be pa password protected don't share it and please don't ask me i'm not going to share with any of you okay so let's start with today context the purpose of this class is to give the entire pmp journey in one to two hours so i'm not sure how much it takes but i will try to make it as limited as possible the first everyone mute yourself so the first question we need to ask when we are starting a project when we want to start a project is why we are starting a project the first question is why project is even needed what is the purpose of the project why we need to have that project so as a general how projects are created there is a strategic organization have some strategy organization provide that strategy to the portfolio the portfolio decided okay we need the project programs and projects those program and projects provide the results and here it is decided okay this project is needed for example the organization says that we need to increase our revenue by 10 billion dollars okay the organization below, we can say consider organization as apple the apple says that we want to increase the revenue this year by the by 10 billion dollars okay the portfolio decides okay how many programs we need to do and how many projects need to do it is possible the apple changes their strategy according to the market demand they have seen tesla doing so they say okay we are going to make supercars so um, apple is going to make supercars now that becomes a new kind of project or apple want to make a new phone whatever you want to say so as a result that project is created but when the project is being created there is a there is a huge work that is being done behind the organizational process assets are there in which we have lesson learned which is saying all those thing what are the past history what is all those thing and we have then market study what are the resources available what are the pmi system what are the internal factors that can affect the external factors that can affect for example in covid time the resource which were available in that country they become more expensive why other resources were unable to move i have seen happening this in middle east people who went to holiday they got terminated and people who were in the uh, middle east their their rate actually increased by two times three times the company have to give a lot of incentive so that people that have transfer a comma in saudi arabia they don't move to other areas and so and so on this is the thing this is the e factor factors that are not control of team so under these factors what the first thing we do the need assessment is there we need to increase over so we need to increase revenue for revenue we need to increase the product so need is made in need assessment we make a feasibility report a detailed feasibility report in which we can have operational feasibility uh, we can have cost benefit all the type of feasibility technological feasibility for example if you are doing a new product 
uh, let's say there's a textile machines or there's a machines running you want to add a new technology we need to see that whether that technology will be feasible by in the current technology or uh, you need to do something for example right now i bought a new i bought a new pc i told you guys on uh, friday my laptop got damaged i went to the market i got my laptop repaired but i bought a server pc so that now even my computer is running all the time it does not get damaged but i forget something in the pc there is no bluetooth in the pcs there is no bluetooth so i needed to see operational feasibility now most of the time i am wearing airports so that the sound does not go out i cannot wear that so in order to do that i need some kind of usb to compile with that so we need to see that how those things added in the bigger picture a need assessment then once the need assessment is approved need assessment need to be approved we make a business case when i say we this is more of a sponsor responsibility or the senior management responsibility so business case is specifically cost to benefit analysis that's it money all things about money return of investment irr all those things in need assessment basically we are doing those surveys ab positive net promoter scores and all those things in business case cost benefit analysis if it is businessly sound sometimes we are also want to increase non tangible value okay sometimes we also want to give back to the community so so we need to see what is the value of that and mostly non tangible values that have, that does not have monetary assets with that we discuss them in benefit management plan we discuss them in benefit management plan for example what is why i am always putting post on linkedin i am putting my journey's videos right now this video is live on uh, youtube and i think it will be live on uh, linkedin and all other material what is the purpose of that the purpose being there are certain benefits that i want to give to pmp aspirant i want more and more student clear my purpose or something that keeps me motivated that keeps me running apart from this business case i need a monetary benefit all of you are my paid student that is my monetary benefit but other benefit management plan what are the target benefits we need to do that once all of these get approved then we made project charter a very very important thing project charter has all these things in it project charter has the high level business case in it the project charter had high level benefit in it the project charter have need assessment project charter have high level risk all the high level high level things are in the charter this is very important to understand charter is a document that is officially starting the project so if it is not compulsory that the charter is one page it is possible the charter can be 10 page or charter have some appendix that says okay this reference this reference this reference that clarify further things what do you need to do the charter and project charter have key milestones high level stakeholders so once the project charter is approved and all of us know that the project charter is approved by sponsor it can also be steering committee or you can say that chain control board but normally it's more like a sponsor is approving the project charter once the charter gets approved pm get assigned the project manager get assigned now what is the first thing the project manager needs to do he needs to identify stakeholders and how he starts he starts from charter he review the charter because as i said that in the charter there is a list of stakeholders so he starts from there from the list of the stakeholders 
and see which stakeholders have key responsibility and he communicate project charter to all the non stakeholders and then he utilized ops eef whatever is available at this circumstances to identify stakeholders identifying stakeholder becomes the most important process in the life of a project manager he needs to do that he identify the stakeholder and put all the stakeholder in stakeholder register once you put them all the stakeholders let's say we have 10000 stakeholders now not all 10000 stakeholders are same so he rank them he rank the stakeholders which stakeholders have high power high interest so we get a power interest matrix here to understand which stakeholder have more power which stakeholder have more interest and of course the one having high power high interest we need to manage them closely we need to work them they are the most important stakeholders then we can also other like ways to categorize categorize rank stakeholders and that can be stakeholder queue power interest attitude or salience model uh, power interest uh, power urgency and legitimacy yeah so power urgency and legitimacy salience model can also be used so once you have categorized these are the my important stakeholders then you make stakeholder engagement matrix what is the purpose of that guys very important there are 33 documents in pmp and there are 18 plans you must know what is the purpose of everything what is the purpose of stakeholder register what is the purpose of stakeholder engagement matrix if you don't know you can ask question at the end of the session so stakeholder engagement matrix what is the purpose of that in the stakeholder engagement matrix we see who are the stakeholders uh, like the most important stakeholder what is the current engagement level and what is our desired engagement level this is very important to know what is there like let's say some stakeholder unaware resistance neutral supportive leading so if a stakeholder exists and he does not know you and you want something from him so you need strategies to create his current engagement level into your desired engagement level now this is very critical thing at a different cycle in the project the engagement level of different stakeholder changes from time to time at but at the start of the project maybe you need some stakeholder to be supportive and after that you need them to be neutral so after that maybe it is possible you need to need to lead them for example let me put this in the in this context here you are starting a project and it's a government project you need politicians to lead the project you need politicians to show to the public hey this project is sponsored by pm cm or whatever the government officials so people need to see that this project is being supported by them so you need them at a leading role but as the project moves as the project move forward you don't need them at the same condition their condition level their uh, engagement level that you don't need all the time uh, from them to be leading the project after some time you need them just to be supportive to you after some time you need them just to be there with you depending upon your strategy it is possible that you also need that so how do we make sure the current engagement level and desired engagement level comes according to our value we make stakeholder management plan stakeholder management plan is nothing but strategies it is the strategies that you need to change the current engagement level of a uh, stakeholder into your desired level when i say your desired level the desired level by the project the the desired level that is needed for that project 
So current engagement level into desired engagement level that you need that becomes your most important thing. You need to work here with this thing. So once that plan is approved, you implement that plan. You implement that plan, and you are also monitoring that plan and make sure that all those things that you are sharing with the stakeholder is crystal clear to them and they know what is happening, what is the KPIs and you are measuring those KPIs. So that's how you measure the stakeholder. Management of stakeholder is a very important task for a project manager. Now, once the stakeholders have been like, this is all about management of stakeholder. Along the way, when you are doing the project, another important topic that is very near to stakeholder is communication. You see, most of the time, what does a stakeholder need? He need right information at right time so that right impact can happen and he can take right decision. So right information at right time to right people to have the right impact. So in communication is all about giving the information that is required by the project at the time that they required. What I am doing, I am communicating with you guys. I'm giving, I'm not going into very depth in these two hours. The purpose is give to give you that information that is important for you that you can use right now and implement in your project. That is a purpose. So right information, right time, right people so that they can take right decisions. So very important thing to understand which format we need to have that information. Is, is it need to be written or is it need to be verbal? If it is written or it is verbal, Okay, it is formal or informal. Remember one thing, this is a very critical thing. Still, even in Pembroke's seventh edition, the PMI is still considering email as informal information. So email is still being considered as informal information. And uh, I have a long discussion with all of you guys that uh, you use email as a formal. I understand that. But in the exam, you need to use the PMI language. In the exam, you need to do what PMI says. That is very important. So communication plan is also about who is authorized to share the information. Is Mohammed Gandhi authorized to share that information? Or is Atif Bhatt is authorized to share the information? How the information is being generated? Who can generate the information? Like when I say the information, it can be daily report. It can be weekly report. It can be monthly report. It can be a discussion that you need to provide information to other people. So who is authorized to information? how you are going to make sure the information is right. What are the informational channel? How the communication is moving? All those things we put them in our communication management plan, a very important plan. Everything about communication is written down in a communication management plan. We understand the cultural diversity. Every one of us, like for example, Mohammed is from Saudiya, Atif, where you are from, Rafiullah, Pakistan, and then we have people from UK, we have Australia, India, uh, we have people from UAE, different areas, UAE, then Kuwait, and people from Mauritius. Everyone has different culture. Everyone has different understanding. They're diverse. We have like uh, gender diversity. We have male hair. We have female hair. We have age diversity. So understanding the cultural difference, understanding the diversity, and respecting the diversity. This comes under the communication management plan. You must make sure that as a project manager, uh, the diversity, the culture, all these things are respected and everyone in the team member is following that. 
everything can be tolerated in the project but someone who is not following this thing cannot be tolerated into the current circumstances of the projects so this is very important so once the plan is approved then you implement that plan now implementation of this plan is more critical than even making the plan why here emotional intelligence plays a great role what is emotional intelligence emotional intelligence composed of knowing yourself and managing yourself knowing others and then managing others so understanding what motivates them what are the things motivates them how they are feeling empathy what is their motivation how they are feeling for example let me give you an example if let's say you are in my sales team and i go to you hey shishwani your numbers are going down by uh, by 3 weeks if your number goes further one more week then i am not sure about your future in our company now that is a lack of emotional intelligence i can go and ask shishwani hey shishwani the same thing the numbers are going 3 weeks no your numbers are going down from last 3 weeks what is the issue why this is happening the same thing but it has been tailored or it has been changed according to the emotional intelligence so understanding how other person feel it is possible her child is sick it is possible she is busy it is possible that she got covid and all the other things in the world so understanding that thing that comes under the implementation of this thing so communication is actually the post office the of the entire project in managed communication or implementation of the plan all the information from the project comes to this, this area and through here we basically produce project information project information let me give you a little bit context how project information is produced the lowest level of information is work performance data raw information then it get contextualized by each department into work performance information we produce 9 to 10 work performance information and all this information goes to project manager and he make work performance report a comprehensive report showing all those things about the entire project now this work performance report actually goes to manage communication and then we communicate to people once we are doing communication we are all always doing monitoring there we are measuring the satisfaction level of our customer satisfaction level of our team satisfaction level so we are monitoring and changing our plan according to that and changing our plan according to that this is also called as journey of work performance data so this is an important thing so that was all about communication so we just covered the stakeholders and communication let me just go with the uh, journey of resource guys if you have any question Uh, please you can put that in the chat box and i would be more than happy to answer all the questions that you guys have okay then moving towards the resource a very important topic you cannot sandeep whatever the question you have you can ask later on if you have if you can write down i will more than happy to answer so resource 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 are of four type manpower material machinery and money so we discuss more about uh, manpower here human resources because humans are very critical and understanding in order to understand the human resources the one of the most important thing i use is tuckman ladder you need to understand forming when the team comes how the team is with you the team comes here so as a project manager you need to be directive here your 
leadership style must be directive what do you mean by that you need to set ground rules you need to make made team charter a team charter showing what are the values what are the things that team need to follow what what is desired from the entire team how the team can work in the better way what is expected from each team member in the forming stage this needs to be clarified then if the forming stage uh, is managed properly then the next stage come storming in storming the team start fighting with each other this team start like uh, now that barrier for example let's say atif is a student of batch 10 so is the madhya so they are more of in a forming stage they have no idea what i am saying right now because i am moving in a fast pace i am moving in a pace uh, will where all the things is moving in the fast pace and they have no idea why i am moving so much pace because they are still in the forming stage whereas mohammed i am seeing mohammed why i am talking to he is nodding his head with everything because he has moved from forming to performing stage in storming stage your barriers goes down you start having conflict here we have conflict with people everyone wants to be the leader everyone wants to say no my way is the right way you see your team members are not robot everyone have some past experience so all of them think that way was a best way as a project manager your job here is to listen to them active listening active listening is the key here active listening plays a great role here you need to listen to them hey this is the thing we need to manage according to this you need to understand what they want to say you see one thing is what you are saying the second thing is actually what you want to say most of the time what you really want to say is basically covered by that thing which you don't want to say so very important thing in storming phase you need to manage it properly and you need to understand that there are two types of like you need to go for the win win situation okay how do you do that win win situation let me put in this context let's say there are two people one is a and second is b here a wins and here b wins we need to get a situation where ab both win so win win situation what is that problem solving whatever the problem we are talking we need to solve that problem collaboration here both loses so if you avoid from the problem or you withdraw from the problem then both team member loses that situation and then sometime as uh, a can like a can say okay whatever the b is saying i understand i need to follow maybe the b is his boss or he has leverage on a so he accommodate he accommodate them and then if the situation is opposite then you are smoothing it and we also have compromising it so these are the some techniques but very important thing when you are solving conflict the first step is to identify the level of conflict there are five level of conflict problem to be solved disagreement uh, contest then uh, context i forget about fourth what is the fourth level anyone can help me context then level 4 crusade crusade i love my team you see this is the power of the team everyone is saying crusade and level 5 uh, world war so you need to identify at what level the team is and you need to work according to that so you need to identify do you need to interfere or not if it handled properly then you move toward forming stage here the team 
although the team still disagree but the other team understand why is doing this way what needs to be done so forming stage this so is performing performing what performing performing are you टेम very important thing when you are getting the team members you need to understand do you need virtual resources or you need physical resources guys pmp is going to test you a lot about the virtual resources the pmp is going to ask you okay you get a virtual resources so what is the purpose of the virtual resources what are the challenges you can get in the virtual resources okay what are the benefits of virtual resources how you are going to go to man manage these virtual resources so understand that so are you going to get virtual resources or physical resources how you are going to give them assignment and how you are going to coach the people and mentor the people very important thing it is a normal thing that the people you hire they lack some skills or they lack a lot of skills so what you need to do you need to do tna training need assessment you need to identify what an individual skills needed and what a team member needs and you need to provide the skills accordingly you need to provide those skills to the team member individual skills as well as team member skills these are very very important and once you have provided the skill the next step would be to measure those skills the next step would be to measure those skills guys don't do anything that you don't measure in the project if you have provided a training the training objective must be measured what you cannot measure there is no need of doing that okay so and you also need to see what kind of incentives you can give your team member now here comes the very interesting thing understanding the culture understanding the diversity plays a great role when you are providing the incentives to team member you cannot give alcohol to a muslim and you cannot give uh, cow meat uh, to a hindu you can in this way in every culture there are something that are against the culture if you are a japanese person i cannot open a gift wrapper in front of you there is a culture of japanese they love to wrap it properly so you need to when you are giving gifts you need to understand the culture how these things are this a very important thing in indo pak culture in southeast asia owl ullu is considered an idiot animal that he has no brain whereas in us in europe the the meaning of owl is the intelligent the most if you are most intelligent person i will say that you are most wise person akil you are an owl so akil understand with the context if i say owl you like why you are saying me owl because you will have southeast mindset but if you are european mindset it's entirely different so when you are giving incentive when you are giving like tangible or intangible like you are praising someone be careful how you are praising then the physical touch it is very important to think again the southeast or muslim even not even muslim culture the southeast or gcc culture there is a female in the like uh, if in you are in europe or in us you can praise her well done you did a nice job you cannot do the same with the muslim women or with the uh, indian women you cannot do that they will never allow you 
So understanding, uh, Akil, you are laughing, but this is the thing that happens in organization. These are the difficulties that as a consultant, we need to see and we need to resolve. So understanding these resource problems are very important and solving those conflicts. So that's about, that's all about from stakeholder communication and resource. So I'm giving you two minutes to ask questions that I will answer, then we'll move towards uh, risk. Okay, someone has already asked a question. Kindly explain resource smoothing, leveling, equalization. I will come to that when I come to schedule Hassan Ashmi. Okay, then right information, right time, right people, right format. Yes, Sandeep. RR is based on culture diversity. Yes, RR can be based in culture diversity, Sandeep. Okay, then somebody asked from me about PIMBOOK. I already answered that thing. Cultural diversity, okay, kind of smoothing. Uh, accommodate again. Accommodate is Saira more like you are saying, you are considering that person's opinion. Okay, I will say, for example, let me give the example of today. So I gave, my, my daughter does not eat anything at all. And she only uh, drinks milk. She's like two years old. So we had a kind of a party uh, in the at lunch or family party. So I gave a piece of bread to my daughter and said, eat it. You haven't ate anything. I forced her. And then she started weeping. So I accommodated. I went back. I, I gave her milk and she drank the milk. She didn't eat the bread. So Saira, I accommodated. I accommodated because she was weeping and my father was yelling at me that why all of them, she's the, like one of the smallest kid in the family. So everyone loves her. So no one can bear she's weeping. So I have to accommodate. That is called accommodate. Okay, then difference between smoothing and accommodating. Now you can consider smoothing and accommodating as the same way, Akil. So what are nine to 10 WPI? Uh, work performance information, it, work performance data goes to scope. In the scope, they contextualize the same data and convert it into their own work performance information. Same about schedule, same about cost. Every department convert their daily report into weekly that becomes work performance information. A PMP process mapping to agile summary. I haven't reached to the agile. Please wait for organizational theory. Good one. So facile organization theory I missed. So the most important in Maslow hierarchy of need. Like if you have a cloth, if you have home, you need other things. Uh, in other words, once your basic needs are fulfilled, you move toward other things. That is the basis of Maslow hierarchy of need. Then we have very important Hertzberg theory of motivation. Hertzberg theory of motivation is based on the two factors, hygiene agents. Like right now, I actually give the same example yesterday. Right now, air, air condition is on. So my room is like at 26 degree temperature. So that is a minimum condition. If, and I assume it, it should be this way. If it, the temperature has rise or temperature goes down, then I will be dissatisfied. But if the temperature is 26 degrees, I am not even noticing. That are hygiene agents that must be present. If they are not present, the people become demotivated. But these things does not motivate you. What motivates me is you people. If you guys are not asking, maybe I may have missed organizational theory. The thing that motivates human beings are uh, affiliation, promotions, opportunities, growth. Please remember, money is not a motivational factor. Growth is a motivational factor. The day you are not growing, that is the day you start dying. Mentally and physically. This is human nature. 
we like we are child then we go to a teenager then we grow we get married then 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 the people who does not grow they actually go to depression one of the biggest reason is of depression is that people stop seeing their growth if if you just all the motivational speaker like tony robbins and people like that they shift the perspective and they show them how they can grow if they can grow they can move further so that is but then we have expectancy theory whatever you expect you will do accordingly like you on sunday night uh, you are sitting with me and listening to me because you believe pmp can add value to your life and then we have people like mohammad gandhi who just came from work right mohammad who just came from work and i don't know they had lunch or he had lunch yes, or yes sir uh, he he had lunch or not uh, dinner or not but he's uh, sitting here because he knows this class is important for me pmp is important uh, for me so this is helping me expectancy he expected that this is a good thing for me that's why he is sitting there we do according to our expectancy if we believe we can get jannat we will do five prayers we will do rozas we all the wars in the world happen because of expectancy theory then we have theory x and theory y theory x says that people does not do work we need to focus on them we need to work on them theory y says that let the people do work Uh, uh, let the people do work; they will work in a better way. We also have theory Z. Theory Z says that provide a good environment to the people, and the people will become loyal to you. Uh, actually, theory uh, Z works uh, the, the, in, on the uh, Facebook and Google. All these people have made theory Z as their most important thing, and they are working on that environment. That is theory X, theory Y, theory Z. Then we have Maclean's theory of achievement. Maclean's theory says people are inspired, people are motivated by power, affiliation, or achievement. For example, I am motivated. I am not motivated by power at all. All of you know that I'm. I'm more like a servant leader. I like to talk to people. I give them power. I am more towards achievement and affiliation. I do keep on doing certification, certification. I I get motivated by that and affiliation, knowing you guys, helping you guys in your journey. that motivates me okay contingency theory okay do i still need to seems like advanced discussion that is your choice your call i can you elaborate more uh, like a virtual team ji virtual team is very important for example right now this happens to me in one week ago in a coaching call that my laptop during the coaching call my laptop got damaged so i was off from that class so that are the challenges of the virtual team Uh, people like uh, this is not this is, if we have class at the lunch time there were more than 20 children playing outside my door so okay 20 children there was so much noise i couldn't have a class or anything like that so you need to understand when people are working from home there are different environment and you need to motivate you need to work according to that a uh, guy someone mic is unmute please mute your mic okay so called ji uh, that that's all about virtual team does risk register or stakeholder register need update so uh, first of all guys please put all the questions uh, in the public so public can also say see instead of sending directly to me okay so we only need to go to change control board for those documents that we have got an approve for example let me put it this thing i i show you something okay this is the map we are going to construct your home this way okay now you see it you approve it if i want to change anything 
I need get get your approval before showing you. I can change it anything. All thirty three documents does not need approval of anyone. You can change any of those document. All the plans need approval of the management. And guys, these questions like CCB questions, they are coming with the change request. So please hold with those questions. Okay, when do we accept or go for change in stakeholder resources? Just like depends upon that. When do we go with the change request? Uh, it is possible that the new stakeholder is there and he needs an updation. So anyone else has any other question, or we can move forward. One more minute, please. Anyone else has any questions? They can ask me. Otherwise, we are moving forward. Okay. Guys, so next topic is my favorite topic. The topic is risk. So risk is all about understanding the uncertainty. Understand this thing. Whatever the word you use, the risk remain one thing as common. Risk is uncertainty. If something is certain, it does not become risk. Risk is uncertainty. If there's an uncertainty in something, so risk has to be uncertain. Probability. What does that mean? Risk is equal to probability into impact. Probability can be zero into ninety nine point nine 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 nine. Guys, please mute yourself. Someone is not muted. Okay, uh, Akhil, please kindly mute anyone who is not muted. Okay, so uh, Mohammad, I'm also making you co-host. Please mute anyone. Mohammad Gandhi. Okay, zero into ninety-nine point nine 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 percent. So if it become hundred percent, it becomes an issue. In order to manage issues, we have separate issue log. we have issue log in order to manage any kind of issues so risk is uncertainty that may or may not happen okay the first thing is you make risk management plan in risk management plan you identify the organization risk tolerance what is the tol how much tolerance of organization have is it plus minus 5% 10% what is their threshold the tolerance in number is your organization risk averse they run away from risk or risk seeker they want to take the risk or risk neutral for example when it come to me i am more of a risk averse person when it comes uh, for me to decide when you should give exam i will never say okay give exam unless it becomes extremely important unless you get a very good result for example i said two three students to book their exam because they got score 70% plus if if someone is not getting score 70% plus i will never say them book the exam because i am become risk averse whereas for myself i am a risk seeker if i am getting 65% in the exam i always book the exam because i know i can do the exam and risk neutral sometime i analyze the positive ben the benefit or the negative for example rachel ishta they were getting 63% in many of the exam i analyzed what are the positive thing they can do what are the negative thing they can do and i have found out that they are they were not comfortable in their home where they were giving exam if they give exam in the center there is a probability that they can pass i went with that on both of them got all about target so you need to define that risk tolerance in your risk management plan once that is done then becomes identify risk 
the most important process of risk assessment. You need to identify all the risks. The more risk you identify, the better it is for your project. The only risk that can damage you for your project is the one you have not identified. You identify the risk and you put all the risk into risk register. You put just like stakeholder, you put all the risk into risk register and you put potential owners and potential response of the risk. And then once that is done, you have put all the risk and actually how you are identifying the risk. You are doing SWOT analysis. You are doing assumptions and constraint analysis. Assumptions and constraint analysis of the project. You are reviewing OPS. You are reviewing EER. You are reviewing lesson learned. You are reviewing all the documents, all the projects, all the plans. And you are also reviewing everything that is available. The purpose is to get as many risks as possible. Expert judgment plays a key role here. Expert judgment plays a key role. Once all the risk is identified, the next topic becomes to rank the risk. Not all risks are safe. Some risks can kill me, whereas most of the risk can barely scratch me. So you need to identify what type of risk you are facing. You need to categorize that risk. You need to see, okay, this what risk this risk can do to me. So we need to see that the importance of that risk. But when you are ranking the risk, you need also need to check the data. The data you are analyzing, what is the quality of that data? Data quality assessment, very important and a very key thing. You need to see the data quality of your risk. Is those data is the right from where that data is coming? If your data is not right, whatever you do, that will become bad. So once you have done that, then you basically rank rank them to perform qualitative risk assessment. What is that? You basically rank the risk as very low risk, low risk, medium, high, very high. You can also do low, medium, high, depending upon your organizational assets. Risk is basically probability into effect. You can have high probability, high, low. So we make a matrix and actually we got all the risk and now we have ranked the risk as high, medium, and low. We have ranked the risk as high, medium and low. Very important and key thing to that. So most of the time, once you have ranked the risk, you directly go to quantitative, you directly go and response. Like 90% of the organization does not need detailed analysis. They don't need. Mostly IT companies, hydro dams, but pharmaceutical company, the company who are making vaccine, like COVID vaccine, they need to a detailed risk assessment then they go for quantitative risk assessment. They need to see what is the probability of achieving success. And they use, utilize a very extensive tools like Monte Carlo analysis simulation in which we make S-curve to see what is the probability of success. They use sensitivity analysis. How this event will, like the same, how, what is tornado diagram or sensitive analysis? If I give the same vaccine to these 30 people, how this vaccine can change their body, how the same vaccine will have effect on different people. They need to do that. And they also need to calculate expected monetary value. What is the expected monetary value of the risk? And if we have more than one opportunity, 
we also use decision tree and we need to see what are the factors that are influencing so these are some of the quantitative risk assessment so we get risk register we are updating our risk register here we also get risk report risk report is more like a weekly or a monthly report that basically shows what are the overall risk what is the high level risk uh, how much money you need as a contingency reserves all those things very important thing to remember qualitative risk assessment can only tells you individual risk whereas quantitative risk assessment can tell you individual as well as overall risk then you go with the negative and positive risk then you need to put response plan risk response okay plan risk response here you need to put risk responses for negative risk and positive negative risk are called threat positive are called opportunity so we have avoid very important in avoid we don't do that thing changing your plan so that you don't have to do that work package is an example of avoid not go doing that thing at all is an example of avoid if you do that thing but you do it like decrease the intensity if you go outside with mask and all those things so that is mitigation avoid and mitigation then you transfer the risk to someone else you buy, pay premium for that these are some of the negative strategy we have exploit exploit is a reverse of avoid you make sure you put the best resources you put the best team on it you exploit that risk enhance so here risk since risk is probability and impact you you put both of these things to the maximum you try to increase both of these things whereas in enhance you are increasing only one thing maybe probability or impact and then reverse of transfer is share we can escalate any of the risk negative or positive risk and we accept negative or positive risk very important thing all of these are proactive actions we take we make plan we take actions even before the trigger occurs even before the trigger occurs we do those things or if the trigger occurs we do do those things in accept we have active acceptance in which we make contingency plans and put contingency reserve if this risk occur then i will use this plan or passive acceptance you don't do at all you don't do anything you just make work around you make work around okay now this thing has occurred i need to do something so these are some of the strategies to deal the risk once you have made your risk response plan you have updated your risk response plan uh, you show it to the management management approve it now how to tackle the risk let's say you assign for each risk you have a risk owner he is looking at the trigger of the risk let's say a trigger of the risk occur you implement risk response you imp you implement risk response once you implement risk response as an implementation you can have residual risk or you can have secondary risk residual risk is like residue the little bit a remaining risk it's like you are having tea and you use strainer still even with the, with using strainer you're like strainer is your risk response that the tea does not tea leaf does not go inside still some particles go inside that is like residual risk a little bit risk secondary risk you implement a response i took a i took a medicine for headache and i have i start having problem in my stomach that's the secondary risk so you tackle the secondary risk and the same way as you tackle the primary risk you keep reviewing the risk through risk review meeting 
तो रिस्क रिव्यू मीटिंग रिव्यू द रिस्क हाउ आर ऑल दोजेंसी रिजर्व आर लेफ्ट हाउ मच रिजर्व है entire risk process to check the effectiveness of that risk process. The effectiveness, how effective that risk process is, that is a very very important thing for that project. Okay, so that's it. That's everything you need to know about the risk. So that's a very important thing about risk. Okay, Abdul Wahab is saying, Abdul Wahab, what I just said is everything is all about predictive risk. Uh, when we will discuss agile, then I will discuss about agile risk. Then. Uh, pain points, pain points. Uh, Abdul Kalim, you check the process wherever the problem is that becomes pain point, and you deal deal them accordingly. When dealing with the work around, we use management. Yes, yes. We haven't put the money for that, so we have to use money from the management. We ask the money from the management, and we use management reserve for the for that. So that's it about risk. If you have still have any question, you can put in the chat box. Uh, you have thirty seconds for. Question: We got another question. If if we create a workaround uh, and don't do anything, then why we create? Uh, we don't create a workaround. We don't create a workaround. Passive risk. In passive risk, we have identified the risk. We are not making a plan. Now the risk has occurred. Now the risk has occurred. The action we take, Sandeep, that is a workaround. We are taking an action. So that action is basically workaround. Okay. Individual risk. So some of the risk, Saira, uh, are basically risk that can damage one of the project objective, maybe scope, quality, resource, and some of the risk like COVID would damage the entire project. That are called as overall risk. That damage scope, schedule cost, all those things. Okay. Does PMI separate risk into internal, external? Uh, yeah, you can put internal, external. You can basically put that. That is not a difference thing. It is a categorization like we have pastel category: political risk, economical risk, social, technical, legal, environment. You can put this risk into as many categories as you want. For risk, we use contingency. Shabash is saying, for risk, we use contingencies or management reserve. It is based on known. Yes, uh, for the risk that we know that that can occur, we don't know when it will occur. We call that known unknown. That is known unknown. Okay, for that we put contingency reserve set aside. For some things that we don't know that they will occur, we put management reserves. For example, I know there's something like actually the electric, the fire can I can get fire here. I have AC and five bulbs and two computers. Now I have a server, so that is putting more risk on that. So we we call that as uh, known unknown. Okay, emergent risk is like yes. We, for Abdul Kalim, for emergent risk, we do work around because that risk we haven't identified. Uh, variable risk is Hassan. Basically, variable risk is variant and ambiguity risk. So, variable risk is basically the risk can it, it has a range. How much it can affect? How much it can, you have identified a risk that can damage you one lakh. Or it can damage you one crore. So there is a variability how much it can damage you. Ambiguity is that you don't know whether it will occur or it will. It does not occur. Project resilience is basically the strength 
of the project the strength of the organization how much how much power you have to tackle that specific risk and guys i'm loving your questions it is more now that is my motivation it is motivating me more yes, sandeep again if you have any question we you want to ask directly you can ask it at the end otherwise you can put in the chat box okay so uh, remember uh, in resource we discussed ground rules and as i shared these are the ground rules we need to follow in this coaching call okay anyone else or i can move to the quality threshold of a company versus uh, tolerance uh, tolerance is basically in plus minus uh, and threshold is always a number okay so let's move towards quality now quality is simply what the customer pays for quality is simply what the customer pays for the customer has agreed okay i want this level of quality uh, i need this thing so you need to provide that quality to the customer you have agreed to it and where do we write the agreed quality we write it quality management plan and we use benchmarking for using standards which standards we are going to follow and we use we need to know what is the cost of quality you see quality is always costly now after i have agreed to all the students that after the batch program we will have this two hours class now this is causing me my time and time is money so in order to provide the quality and i have spent at least 3 to 4 hours more on preparing this thing how i want to structure this program what are the thing that i want to share with you guys how i can give it in the way that gives best value to you so that is the cost of quality so there is cost of quality cost of conformance cost of conformance and cost of non conformance cost of conformance is all about trainings and like building the right product non conformance the cost of rework in cost of non conformance you have further categories as cost of internal failures and external failures so you need to identify this thing and put in the quality management plan you follow plan do check act and kaizen as a continuous improvement you put this in quality management plan that you need to continuously improve as i said it before some that something that is not continuously improving that is dying so you need to continuously improve and then you make quality metrics quality metrics is just a kpi metrics what are you measuring what you measure you improve it so in the process what are you measuring what are the things that you are measuring in your process that comes under the quality metrics are you measuring scope are you Measuring schedule, cost, quality, like here number of changes. What are you measuring? You put down that in your quality metrics. Once your plan is approved, then you go with the quality assurance. Quality assurance or manage quality is all about making sure. This is an important thing. Making sure that right product is made. Right product is built. Okay. you are making sure by checking your process improving your process doing the audit of process using check sheets checklist making sure that your process is right doing the continuous improvement do making sure that the right process is being used right deliverables are being produced and in control quality you are doing inspection you are verifying what was agreed that quality standards is being fulfilled the deliverables that is being produced that is of right quality the wrong deliverable does not get approved 
very important thing to quality plan has nothing to do with scope the quality plan does not care whether you are producing the right thing or not the quality plans care about that what quality standards agreed in the quality management plans are being followed or not so if they are not being followed we have root cause analysis like fishbone diagram ishikawa fishbone diagram to find the root cause we have check sheet check sheet and we have control charts to control the process we have flow diagram we have stored diagram histogram we have pareto chart all these quality tools are very very important and they can become the key to your exam and you get quality control measurement and all these things in quality so this is all about quality if you have any question about quality please ask quality matrix is prepared based on current client requirement abdul kalim we can make quality matrix according to client requirement and we can also make quality matrix according to our requirement so what else questions you have yeah quality also deals with the compliance this is an important and key thing to understand quality also deal with the compliance how you are measuring these things this also deal okay what is difference between here i'm getting questions what is difference between quality standards the standards that we have agreed with the uh, uh, with the team members with the company like iso standards they are called quality standard defined scope is what is agreed in the project scope statement or scope based like it is possible both of the standards both of the things are same it is most of the time they are but it can be possible they are not same there are some quality theories as well can you explain them there are six sigma like uh, akil six sigma says that in your process out of 1 million only 3.4 defects are allowed then kaizen continuously improved on those things customer satisfaction is the key in the quality then we have a concept of accuracy like for example it is also in the pembok 7th edition accuracy is let's say this is a bull's eye accuracy is how accurate you are to this point okay how and then there is precision precision is all about how near the readings are okay so that's another important concept but these are some of the quality theories okay so verified and validated deliverable i'll i'll come to that subash after control quality you get verified deliverables so in validated scope you get validated or accepted deliverable we'll discuss deliverable journey also okay what is high low quality grade so quality is basically what you agree to the customer and grade can be in between the quality or entirely different for example grade is something that is considered high value for example as a general thing chicken steak is considered as a high grade meal whereas food or dal they are considered as low grade meal but i want my chicken steak to be spicy if my chicken steak is not spicy it is a high grade meal but it becomes low quality because it does not meet customer satisfaction as well while well, okay 3 6 sigma comes under standards yes most of the organization follow 3 6 sigma like having 99.7 success rate something like that high grade okay does quality have to meet contractual uh, sometime we put uh, in the contract actually most of the time we put quality requirements in the contract then we need to follow that contractual requirement but then again we put all those requirement into quality management plan and same goes for iso standards okay 
corrective action well, well done sushmani in manage quality you are doing preventive action when you are making the process right when you are making the process right making sure that your process is right what you are doing you are managing the quality you are making sure the right process right thing is being built you are doing preventive action you are taking preventive action now once the deliverable is made in the control quality you see something is not right then you take corrective action so this is very important preventive action you take before something bad can happen you see okay this can happen so you are taking preventive action corrective action is something bad has happened for example i have joined the gym uh, i do gym like before covid i always go to the gym uh, just for the treadmill or i go to the mountain area so that i don't get fat that was preventive action now due to covid my weight has increased and now i have started the gym to decrease my weight now that is a corrective action uh, as i hope this is clear okay difference between data histogram is basically a frequency distribution chart you can have a you can have any type of frequency distribution high medium low whereas pareto is a special type of chart in which you have descending pareto is based on 2080 principle like let's say there are 50 causes or 100 call 100 100 things that is affecting your process the pareto will say that 20% of the things have 80% of the effect and you put that in descending order so that you can see it what are the most uh, things that are affecting histogram basically shows the frequency distribution that defects the range of defects okay i have if i if i put quality of my pmp students okay i get i got this one 10 pmp students in january 15 in february 15 to 20 in march 13 in june this is basically frequency distribution that is the purpose of quality histogram chart corrective action defect repair i explained already okay defect repair is basically something that has that has gone out of the plan now you need to change your plan and you need to improve it for example if i even if i don't go to the gym now and i got some kind of heart attack and i need to put some stunt you now then that become a defect repair anything else from quality i'm loving guys your questions you guys have never been so proactive i feel kind of proud here okay so anyone else has any question on quality or i am moving to procurement okay can quality be inspected Uh, can quality be inspecting all project document or only product? Uh, I would say we quality has to be it has to be defined in the quality management plan. What kind of documents you need to re review? Mostly, it only relates to the do product document. Does corrective preventive act uh, preventive action does not go to the uh, change control like plan? But if preventive action needs. Okay, Sushmani, answering your question, does corrective preventive action defect repair go for ICC? Anything that changes your plan, it has to go through the uh, change control board. If, if, if uh, as a result of corrective action, you need to change your plan or baselines or anything, then you have to go to change control board. Okay, quality reports are the reports that is showing the summary of the quality. These these things have happened. All those things. I hope that is enough for quality. Still, you have any questions? You can put it. I'll come back to it after procurement. Now, procurement is a very interesting topic. All of us, 
do the procurement on daily basis procurement is all about buying things from the organization we can buy for from various for various reason we can buy because it is cheap to buy from outside outside has a better quality for example i used to make my own designs of posters now i am not doing that i have i am procuring my design why it is cheap and i don't have time for that so i have decided to make my design posters and all those things even thumbnails from outside i have hired a designer i am procuring it so as a first step you need to make a decision either make or buy analysis once you have made make or buy analysis then you made source selection criteria so what is your source selection criteria what are the things that you need to know what are the things that your source must have they should have a sound financial thing for example in my case my source selection criteria would be that the person who who can design my poster he or she has to be passionate i don't i can pay a good amount but i don't need a lousy person i need a passionate because you know i'm a passionate guy i'm actually a very passionate guy so so i need someone who matches my frequency he has he or she has to be a passionate person passionate about the design and the simplicity and all those things so these are my source selection criteria if, like if i after this i will go out to have a dine out with my family now in the dine out my source selection criteria can be the, like the best quality food since i am going with family the cost wouldn't be that that much issue but quality by cost you can make a matrix quality by cost would be issue if i am going with the friends maybe the only cost would be the issue or if i am paying the cost become the source selection criteria so this happens accordingly uh, what is your source selection criteria once you have made your source selection criteria you need to define your scope so if your scope is defined you make your procurement statement of work and you decide which kind of contract you want to have do you want to have fixed price contract or do you want to have cost reimbursement or time and material in fixed price we can have fixed price incentive fee and fixed form fixed price fixed price incentive fee fixed price economic price adjustment cost reimbursement fixed fee incentive fee and reward fee and time and material is only one class so once you have done that you start advertising the opportunity that okay we want to make this thing who can who can do for this us you start getting bid from the bidders you get bidder conference you tell them the detailed requirement you do negotiation with them and then you agree with the agreement once the agreement is signed it becomes a bible of everything you have to do everything according to the written agreement so once you receive the product you do the inspection of the product you do the inspection of the product hey does this product matches my inspections or matches my requirement or not okay i agree that doors should open up it is opening or it does not opening so you do the inspection so once you do the inspection if it agrees you close the procurement if you don't agree then you get a conflict then you have you have to handle the conflict in uh, in the same way first you try to have negotiation if you are unable to get a win win situation you try to a mediator if you are unable to get a mediator then you get alternate dispute resolution and the last thing is always like going to the court like but please remember going to the court is never a good option nobody likes to go to the court nobody wants that thing because it always cost money going to the court to the both parties now if it is written in the procurement management plan which is guiding the entire process if it is written between a sorry if it is procurement management plan guides how you do the procurement who are the listed sellers and all those things 
if it is written in the audit that you can do uh, the audit, then you can do audit. Otherwise, you cannot do the audit. Very important thing, close procurement happen in the control process. You close the procurement and it is also possible. Sometimes the project is closed, but some claims are still open. So that's it. That's all about procurement in a nutshell. If you have any question about procurement, please ask. Okay, so questions, questions, questions. Okay, so Junior's statement, uh, procurement statement of work, as I explained, is the preliminary statement, is a preliminary agreement that you send out the market to advertisement. For example, if I want to make a house, okay, I have a house of 200 square feet. I want to construct a house that has to be three floors. It has to have six washroom. All those things are high level detail. For you, you can consider procurement statement as a more of a, like a project charter for the outside team. You are presenting a charter for other people that we need these, these things and these are our criteria. Okay, difference between procurement documentation. There are various doc documents for Hassan, Hassan Muhammad in the project procurement statement work, as I explained, is a document which explains what do you need in a simple wording. When is claim administration done? Once the agreement is done and you start happening, like in the control procurement and you start receiving the project, then we do claim administration. When time and material is used, now it depends upon your requirement. For example, if I if I go outside, uh, like I went to Malaysia to Lankawi, now I wanted to rent a car. So when, especially when you want to rent something like crane, car, or services, you want to, you know, this, this effort is of two hours. So you want to rent that thing. But please make sure the risk in time and material contract is entirely on the buyer. Entirely on buyer, because if you take more time, it will cost you. If you damage something, it will cost you. So time and material are very important. Too. When, when is termination clause default and termination of? Uh, you see, during the during the claim administration, or once the services have been completed, then you can use the termination. All those things in control procurement. Uh, what PM must do for open claims? Like he he must try to resolve all the claims as a good PM. It comes under your progress report that how many claims are open. So you must try to resolve all the claim through negotiation. And that is why company hire you. But if you are unable to close the claim and you get a new assignment in the same company, it happens many times. You get a new assignment, you need to write it down, put it in the lesson learn register and document that these claims are open. Okay, Sandeep asked this. Okay, whose responsibility is to close the procurement? Uh, the responsibility actually lies on the buyer to make sure that the procurement are closed, uh, all the other uh, quality is done, the quality, all the scheduling, since it is your duty as a PM. So I would share it is a duty of PM. Very important, very, very important thing to understand. Anything that is related to cost, the PM does not participate in that. PM has nothing to do with the costing thing. So we have a procurement department or procurement management to deal all those things. If startup project scope clear, we go for fixed price, yes. And what is the project? We go for fixed price incentive fee. You, let's say I want to make a house. The houses, I know entirely everything. I have made a map. I want this thing for my house. But now I, I want the house two months earlier. Maybe I want to rent it out. And I go to the seller and say, hey, 
Now I know that we agreed I will give you 10 million at the end of this house completion. But if you can give me house one million uh, one month earlier or two months earlier, I will give you extra money. Actually, whenever a buyer want to crash the schedule or whenever he want to faster that schedule, we do fixed price incentive free. Right, Mohammed? I think you do that these these things in your day-to-day -day life. Yeah, we do the uh, crashing fast tracking as well. If claim is open and PM has to close the project, how to close the contract? You see, as I, I said earlier, just uh, if the claim is still open, you tried all those things, but the claim still remain open, then just document it and move ahead. That's, uh, please explain force majeure. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sandeep, did you read the, this word fate accompli in PMP? I'm not sure. I'm. I've read that word, but force majeure is something like that, that something happened that is out of your control. For example, the COVID happened, then actually all the contract initiated a clause, there's a clause in, your, in the contract that is known as force majeure. If something happens out of uh, out of your control, you do that force majeure thing happen. A flood can occur, earthquake can occur. So you initiate the natural calamity, Shibashish. So that is force majeure. Anyone else? I'm sorry, guys, I cannot offer you mangoes. Now that has some, someone asked some of the virtual challenges. These are some of the virtual team challenges. If we were sitting together, all of us will be eating mangoes together. Anyone else? Okay. Master service agreement, could you elaborate? So most of the time we, we we try to have a one agreement that that encompasses all those agreements so that becomes a master service agreement to deal all like it has more of a templates or more of a guidelines to handle all the projects is it correct that pm cannot generate project final report no 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 you can generate final report you talk to the sponsor you inform the sponsor hey these are some of the claims that are still open these are some of the issues and I tried my best, the issues cannot be resolved and if the sponsor gives you go ahead, then you can do it. Okay, so that was all about uh, if invoice is not received. Why invoice is not received? You will receive the invoice even before completing the work. <laughs> Hassan, you will receive the invoice even the work is not completed. <laughs> okay, so now coming to the business environment, guys, you know business environment is a very, very important topic. You will get business environment 8% of the question. Very important is to understand compliance, health compliance, health and safety compliance, risk compliance, quality compliance, then OPS, EEF, ROI, net promoter score, EEF. Okay, let's play now game. Write down net promoter score. I have played this with all of you. Net promoter score one to 10 for my program. How much you say? Net promoter score, no direct message, directly put in the chat box. I want to see net promoter score of my program. And if someone thinks it's less than seven, he can put in the chat box with me personally. Pranth, still nine. <laughs> Seriously. Farhan, I need, I need you to unmute. Yes. Why nine? What can, what can I, I do to make it give you an exam? No, it should be ten. A nine is when I after after I pass my exam, it would be a twelve. <laughs> Inshallah, we'll pass. Okay, 
so that is this that is one of the thing that you need to do in the business environment then very important thing to understand lesson learn register you need to you need to write down all the lesson in the lesson learn register you need to build your lesson learn repository and you keep building those lesson learn repository and then entire picture in that project get filled in the agile we do sprint retrospective for that purpose and at the end of the project we do agile retrospective for that purpose so that is a some things we have already discussed in the start the start 15 minutes and this thing are basically the business environment thing please please uh, understand these things this is very important for pmp then comes the one of the most important topic how three baselines are created scope schedule cost now the first thing i will cover scope schedule cost in the entire in, in one one go first of all you get requirements you get requirements from the stakeholders now requirement management plan deals with those requirement you take down you collect all the requirement by utilizing various techniques focus group affinity diagram uh, prototype uh, story mapping all those things you put all the requirement into requirement documentation and requirement traceability matrix in predictive and product backlog in agile so you put all the requirement there now there are all the requirement all the requirement in requirement documentation you have stakeholder requirement solution requirement all the different types of requirement requirement traceability matrix is a matrix that basically show the linkage who initiated the requirement where the requirement goes how those requirement can be handled all those things are basically entered in the requirement traceability matrix so you have collected all the requirement then you put the scope filter you can also say that mosco you put the mosco filter what are the must requirement what are the should requirement what are the could requirement what are the would require would likely to requirement or you divide the product into smaller parts and see what are the things that are extremely important for the project that you need for the project to happen without that the project is not used from that you make basically project scope statement a very very important document it has everything that the project will need everything that the project must have so project scope statement assumption constraints acceptance criteria everything comes under the project scope statement so once the project scope statement is done then you make wbs according to founder of pmp uh, lee lambarty making wbs is one of the uh, one of the key of the project management even if you work in a agile environment you must know how to make the wbs work breakdown structures okay to make work breakdown structure this is called the highest level is called control uh, like this is deliverable control account and lowest level is called work package so once you have made wbs you have wbs dictionary to define how to understand this work breakdown structure so you have wbs for that at wbs dictionary and mix combination of wbs wbs dictionary project scope statement it goes to the it goes to the chain control board if they get approved it is called scope baseline now this is as a project manager this is your job that there is as in a predictive environment no changes come there to the baseline you need to avoid scope creep and all those things so once are deliverable i will come back to the validate scope in in a while so now scope baselines have been created you you have the you have your work package at your hand now 
we had requirement management plan and scope management plan here. Now we'll get schedule management plan that defines how schedule is going to do, what is the tolerance of the schedule, which software need to use. We divide this work package further into activity list, activity attributes and milestone list. Milestone is something that is very important, the contractual requirement and have a zero duration. So once the activities are produced, this is a second thing according to Lee Lombardi that is the most important in the project to sequence the activity. To sequence the activity. This is called project schedule network diagram. This method is called precedence diagram method. So we have four type of relationship in it. Finish to start, start to start, finish to finish, start to finish. We have dependencies, basically two dependencies, internal dependencies and external. In internal, we can have mandatory dependencies and discretionary dependency. In external, we can have mandatory dependency, discretionary dependency. Then we have lead, is the activity leading or is it lagging? Then we do estimation technique, analogous estimation, same, same. Parametric, using the parameters from the past. The bottom of estimation, adding all the values. Then three-point estimation, we can have triangular distribution, optimistic, pessimistic, most likely, taking average of that, or beta distribution, optimistic, four most likely, pessimistic divided by six. So that becomes beta estimation. We use all these estimation and we make project schedule and adding all these things, we get schedule baseline, we get it approved from the management and we have our schedule at our hand. Once schedule is done, then the next thing would be utilizing the same technique and making cost baseline. Very important thing to understand is that in when you are making cost baseline, let's say these are all activity cost. It has contingency reserve in it. When you add activity cost, you can get work package. You can get work package. When you add all work package, you get, get control accounts. All these things have contingency reserves in it. And once you add Control accounts plus contingency reserves. Okay, you get scope, uh, cost baseline. Cost baseline in terms of cost, schedule baseline in terms of schedule. Contingency reserves are the part of it, but management reserves are not the part of it. When you add management reserve to cost baseline, it becomes the budget or it becomes the entire project schedule. So, project budget and project schedule is different from schedule baseline and cost baseline. It has contingency reserves only. It has management reserves and it has uh, management reserves of course and scheduling. Scope baseline, schedule baseline and cost baseline. Together they are called as performance measurement baselines. So once they are there, now you need to control the cost and control the schedule. For that, we have CPI cost performance index under value divided by actual cost. It must be greater than one for the project to have a good thing. SPI, EV divided by planned value. It must also be greater than one. And we can also get schedule variance, earned value minus actual earned value minus planned value and uh, uh, cost variance, earned value minus actual cost. If your budget is called budget at completion. If your budget changes, the formula for the new budget estimate at completion become budget at completion divided by cost performance index. These are some of the formulas you need to know. So now let's talk about uh, more about uh, journey of deliverables. So deliverables are produced in execution. 
deliverable goes to control quality. If deliverables are accepted, we get verified deliverables. If their deliverables are accepted, if they are rejected, they goes to change control board for changing. If deliverables are accepted by quality, it goes to validate score. The purpose of validate scope is to accept the deliverable or reject the deliverable. Client comes here. Client accept it one by one, one by one. They accept the deliverable. If it becomes accepted deliverable, and then it goes to final product. In closing the project as a final product. If it is rejected anywhere, it goes back to the execution. So that's it. That's everything about scope, schedule, cost, baseline. And uh, we have covered people, process, business environment. Now uh, change, change control is remaining and closing is remaining and agile is remaining. So let's have your questions and then we will move further. Yes. Before moving to scope creeping, remember this thing. There are two ways to compress the schedule. Schedule compression, uh, that is crashing. You add the resource, that is called crashing. Now you add the resource to the cost increases. So there is a positive and there's a negative thing. Then we have fast tracking when we make activities parallel, that is called fast tracking. Then we have resource leveling. In resource leveling, what do we do? We level the resource. Like we know that let's say resource are rare. For example, I am the resource uh, you want to take one-to-one -one training for me. Now there's a limit to how much one-to-one -one training I can give you guys. If there are 13 resources, so then my schedule will, schedule will increase according to that. That is resource leveling. In resource leveling, the schedule actually increases. In resource smoothing, the schedule has not increased. Okay. So what else question here? Junaid, if a change request is being requested from the client and you keep on adding the change request from the client, that is called scope creep. The client has asked for it. In order to overcome scope creep, we have change control mode. Gold plating is without client uh, client asking us, we are giving them something. We are giving them something additional. So that is called gold plating. Uh, Abdul Kalim change control board approves the all the baseline. Funding limit reconciliation. So it's a very important concept to understand funding limit reconciliation. Let's say you are taking money from the bank to make a house. So how the bank will give you first, when you start grounding, it will give you first installment. When you make the uh, walls, it will give the second installment, then roof, then third installment. So in the same way, the organization with the budget, uh, when to use this formula, Hassan as a general rule, in the current PMI always use the formula of BAC divided by CPI. But as a general rule, when, uh, when the, uh, the question is saying that the problem, uh, the problem was in the past, but now the cost is in control, then you use the second formula. Uh, Hassan asked me, I'm not sure about resource equalization. If anyone is familiar with that term, they can unmute and share with that. At least I don't have that in my mind. You, you guys, you see, I don't have any slide deck in front of me. I am saying everything from my mind. So there are things maybe I can mix and match. So for that, sorry that. Resource smoothing, I explained it, Rafiula. Reserve analysis, you analyze your reserve. Uh, you analyze your reserve and see how much reserves are left. That is called reserve analysis. So anything from people, process, business environment, apart from agile. Guys, any other question?
Okay, Sandeep, you had a question. Wanted to ask, you can ask now. Otherwise, I'm going to adjourn. Wanted to speak two times. Sandeep? Example is done, actually. Hmm? But my done. Done. Okay. okay, okay, thank you. Anyone else has any question? Okay, good. So now we come to the second and most important thing about agile mindset. Yesterday we discussed a lot about agile mindset. So agile mindset is all about giving value to the customer. How we give value to a customer, how we consider that the customer is the king. We need to give them value so that we can have recurring business. Guys, guys, this is very important. If you are starting a business, even today's with all the digital media and everything, word of mouth is the power. So word of everywhere in the world, word of mouth. Like if a, if one of your friends says that, hey, that place is the awesome place to eat food. Even the food is expensive, you will go there. Okay. So word of mouth is the power. Understanding the customer. Customer is very important. So we give value to the customer. Customer centric. Agile is all about customer centric and servant leadership. Like the project manager is not the uh, dictator there. He's a servant leader. He's helping in food and water. He's helping the team to understand better. He's there for the team to assist them. He's more like a steward. In, an agile, in Agile, you need to create a collaborative team environment. You need to engage effectively stakeholders. You need to focus on value. Agile is all about value. You, you build the quality into the process and you build it into deliverable. You context, you make tailoring according to the context of the project. You demonstrate leadership and leadership. You recognize, evaluate and respond accordingly. If there's a complexity, you ride on that, navigate it. Optimize, optimize risk response. Adoptability is the name of the game. You enable change to envision future stages, how you can work with them and how you can guide them further. Agile has four values. Okay. Okay, let me just. Okay. I need to remove one of this screen. Okay. So Agile has four values. So in individual and interaction over processes and tools means we give more value to the interaction between the people over processes and tools. Customer collaboration over contract negotiation. Collaborating the customer is more is important. Responding to a change, like we like the response, let the change come and we respond it accordingly. Following or following up there. What is the fourth value? Working software. Working software. Working comprehension tool. The meaning of the working software is that something tangible, something workable is more important than talking, talking, talking. Doing mock is more important than just reading, reading, reading. So that we can know how things are. In our language, doing mocks is more important than that. So these are four values. Then we have 12 principles. In 12 principles, some of these values are also correspondent. One thing is very important, sustainable pace. We don't want to work 10 hours a day and then we have nothing to do. Sustainable pace is the key. Uh, giving value to the customer. Simplicity is the key. Uh, and then understand co-location. In Agile, this uh, concept is very important. Co-located team, we try to get the team at one place. We, we, have, we want to have osmotic communication. We want to have osmotic communication. 
Okay, very important thing. In agile, we do more planning or less planning. Who will answer? More planning. More planning. More planning. More planning. How we do we do planning at multiple level? First, frequently. Yes. Planning only. We make product vision. Then we make product roadmap as like. we make product roadmap then we make release then we do we plan for release then we plan for daily stand up okay so all those thing more planning we make a entire thing then we make a story map what is a story map we list the features for backbone what are the features for backbone that these are the feature we must have we must have to produce the minimum viable product what are the features of backbone and what are the supporting structure we make that again Entire planning is put into that context. How we do that thing? Okay, so agile we do more planning. In a in a general, how agile works? Uh, how Scrum works? Scrum is eighty percent of the agile. So let's discuss that. So requirements are requested from the stakeholders. Product owner goes to the stakeholders, collect all their requirement, put them into the product backlog. Once all the requirements we have in the product backlog. It, he goes back to the customer again and prioritize the requirement according to high value, high risk, through Moscow hundred point dot voting whatever. So we get list uh, prioritize product backlog. Now the development team and Scrum master comes in sprint planning. They will put story points. That is the effort required to complete a task on the product backlog. How much each things will do, and they will decide the story points utilizing. affinity estimation ideal days or fibonacci series all those thing how much time it will take to complete that thing the team will say okay the sprint <coughs> the sprint or iteration will be two week or three week and our velocity will be according to that this this is going to be our <coughs> velocity in this project so we are going to have this velocity so we get here we have product backlog we get sprint backlog and sprint goal that Team starting working in daily stand up. In daily stand up, there are three questions. What we have done yesterday, what we are gonna do today. Is there any impediment or roadblocks? Daily stand up, we have burn up chart, burn down chart. This is burn down chart. Progress moving downward. How much work is remaining? This is burn up chart. How much work is done? A new concept is being introduced in book seven, utilizing burn up, burn down chart both in one graph. So that is that is a good thing and simple thing actually. Then we have task board showing the progress. We have Kanban board showing the flow, having the work in progress limit in the Kanban board. All these are what information radiator showing information to the team where we stand, what we are doing. Once all the work is done, then we have sprint review, also known as demo. What you have made, please show us. What is the thing you have made? All the user stories. User stories also follows acronym of invest, independent, negotiable, valuable, estimatable, small, testable, and all user stories are basically written on card, and they have a criteria. So when you go into sprint review, the team reviews 
for their definition of done and goes there with the customer and customer review through acceptance criteria whatever the user stories are accepted it goes forward but are rejected or incomplete it goes back to the product backlog if there are new requirement here is the step the customer can add more requirement here so here product backlog is again reprioritized which is called grooming of product then the team sit together to have a sprint retrospective to know how we can improve the processes there are five steps of sprint retrospective okay who can tell me what are the five steps of sprint retrospective um shall i go up uh, yeah, yeah set the stage good and, and um, uh, decide what to do uh, gather data uh, gather, gather data generate insight decide what to do and, and close the uh, and close the retrospective this is the framework of scrum this is a framework of scrum then we have xp the key of xp is now here we mostly have sprint of one week okay we have sprint of one week we don't have scrum master we have coach here instead of product owner customer is working with us and very important thing is that pair programming two persons are working together and as something is complete continuous integration continuous integration to the process we are checking it we have written a test test driven development we are right the test first and then doing the development so that is xp then we have lean lean is all about removal of waste we there are seven wastes that we need to remove we need to debug all those things is there any escape defect we need to work on this thing very important lean work on flow based kanban work on flow based scrum work on time box daily stand up 15 minutes so, uh, 1 to 4 weeks sprint or iteration so lean work on flow base it does not work on time base okay then we have value stream map value stream map is the map of the entire process identify value added task non value added task and what is the productivity and that's it that's a, a crystal we can say crystal is all about there they can be crystal clear the color of crystal goes from white to yellow to red as a team member increases as a people that are working increases and it becomes more and more complex so that is basically from crystal clear to crystal yellow to red crystal then you have feature driven development you build according to the feature i guess that's it about agile so you have any questions guys so all five process mapping to the agile summary so in initiation uh, we have agile charter and i uh, in planning i would say planning is product backlog and sprint backlog execution is daily stand up and executing it monitoring and control is a review and retros retrospective is also come under monitoring and control agile retrospective comes under closing definition of ready is basically a unit uh, uh, definition of ready is a checklist checklist of items that a team need to have before they go so we make a check sheet a checklist okay this must be here this must be here, this must be here for example before doing the class today i am message to each and every student that you need to attend the class today and then i basically check my system i checked everything that was checklist definition of done now will you accept my product the two hours in pmp or not that is acceptance criteria okay who select teams in agile the team we have cross functional team in agile the team is basically selected by the management it is selected by product owner or the team does not select themselves actually it is selected by the product owner i can say okay uh, work can be added into burn down chart uh, work can be added into the burn down chart yes a good question 
actually burn up burn down chart the difference is that if the work is added it can be easily shown in the burn up chart if you let's say we are moving this way in the burn up chart the burn down chart and suddenly work is added instead of going down it will go it will have a spike move from here and then it will go down so work can be added in the burn down chart and it it looks odd so we don't normally do that and what and there is also a concept known as spike spike is basically sometimes we put a user story in which we work together uh, we can have architectural spike in which we check the system and all those thing uh, how these thing can affect and we can have risk spike in which we elaborate the risk we have risk burn down graph and in in three question we discuss the impediments what we have done yesterday what we are going to do today is there any impediment or roadblock we discuss the risk of the project and we try with the user story put in the there we try to resolve it we have iteration 0 for architectural spike then iteration h as a final checking so iteration h can also be called as closing model so definition of ready what is the okay work in all five process definition ready explain what is the interaction intersection of burn down burn burn down burn, does it have any name i don't know sandeep if it has any name i haven't seen in acp discipline agile scrum senior scrum master if you found do tell me okay what type of contract you choose in agile since agile is basically open to contracts uh, in pmp you choose mostly cost reimbursement contract but in agile you can have any contract cost plus fixed uh, cost per user story cost uh, fixed price per user story fixed price per work package cost reimbursement any type of uh, cost graduated contract so any type of contract can be there a can team member attend product backlog grooming uh, yeah that is usually the he role of product owner but they can attend the meeting same goes for daily stand up daily stand up is the meeting for the team by the team but product owner can attend as a silent observer and he can also attend sprint retrospective in this way task board uh, Uh, Madhavan, you will come and you will understand. Task board just show the status. Whereas Kanban board basically show the flow and it fix the item. We cannot have more than this much amount of item at one time in Kan. Uh, what when does release take place in Sprint? After Sprint review, the release is there. So you can say that combination of three four after three four Sprint, you will have a, a Sprint release meeting there. No? Okay, uh, who makes the vision roadmap? Or uh, you? I can say that product owner can make it, or Scrum Master can facilitate it. Roadmap is basically made them them because it's a high level team can facilitate. Uh, what is placeholder user story? I have no idea about. Uh, anyone knows placeholder user story? They can unmute and tell me. Okay, project manager is predictive is equivalent to Scrum Master. Uh, yes. but scrum master does not have authority project manager is responsible for everything in agile team is responsible for everything uh, you will see in agile in pmp question you are a project manager of an agile project so i would say instead of con getting confused with all those thing consider yourself as a servant leader in all the environment if we say the first thing the pm does is identify stakeholder then when does the pm determine the project life cycle the project life cycle is mostly determined in the planning phase in the project life cycle actually is the subset of our project management plan so it comes in more in a planning thing na? 
so because even if you are doing predictive cycle or even you are doing agile that happens after planning uh, both works in the same way you identify the stakeholder and keep on doing that is a product owner better position to select a development team or is it better than an that is more grounded with uh, it depends from bio from organization to organization some organization product owner selects the team some organization senior management selects the team so it depends from team to team you have to tailor your strategy okay guys another question about the entire pmp Guys, any question? Ah, uh, this is a what? new feature in Zoom. I just wanted to see. You can see everyone is sitting on seats. It's <laughs> a good one. Yes. Okay. Yes. Who was going to ask the question? Please ask. Yes, please unmute yourself and now you can ask the question. Uman. I am just playing with this new immersion view in the meantime. Anyone has any question or we can call it a day? Okay. So, okay guys, coming to the back point, the purpose of this class is to give you final push, like you are ready for the PMP exam and give you the entire context of PMP. Okay. Uh, entire context of PMP, how all those things are, what those things mean. Okay. How to manage the cost in agile as they always accept that change so in agile basically we only have resources so, so you are measuring in agile actually you measure time you have resources you measure uh, how much a resource cost per hour and you calculate it simply place here there is a time in a calendar to put for work thank you Fran. So guys, the purpose of this coaching call was to give you the entire PMP and give you a summary of it so that once you work on it, you can work in a better way and you can clear the PMP in the minimum possible time. I have tried to give maximum value uh, in this uh, batch nine, batch nine, one video to clear PMP, batch nine overall summary. And I hope that is clear to everyone. Thank you very much for joining and uh, we will keep on working and I hope everyone clear PMP in the minimum.